We hope you enjoy our homily podcast. Please consider supporting the ministry of Our Lady of Lourdes by donating to the Future Full of Hope Capital Campaign at lourdesdenver.org. We are so grateful for your support. I hope this doesn't have too much feedback. Happy Easter. Uh, it's what a joyous time. I was uh, marveling at and delighting in the beautiful flowers um, with their very colorful pots. Uh, <laughs> this Mass today is, is offered, um, I always find out when I come to the altar who the Masses are offered for. And usually it's for a particular person or someone who's died or um, a family. This one is for family members of the Easter flower donors, both living and deceased. Uh, so we're praying for those who set up these flowers most beautifully. I think this is kind of an, an anonymous one here. Um, but these, the beauty of these flowers is uh, reflected in the beauty of this community right now. And I'm just delighting in that. Uh, all the colorful, um, dressed up, shiny people uh, <laughs> who have come to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus together. Uh, it's a great privilege to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus with you today. Uh, in this year of 2019, um, I'm just filled with, with gratitude for the gift of faith and the gift of hope, the presence of God in the world. Um, the fact that I want to celebrate really the best thing, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the presence of Jesus Christ in the world, um, and that we share that desire. We, the, during Lent, we don't sing the Alleluia, and that, now the Alleluia has returned. And Alleluia is a word that means praise Him, and it's, it's plural, it's a, in a plural imperative, I'm a grammarian, <laughs> it's a plural imperative, it says everybody praise Him. Um, this is uh, a chance for us to get together to sing and praise the Lord, and our voices echo throughout the corners of our parish, our place, um, Denver, Colorado, you know, our world. And I'm proud to say that uh, in 2019, I stand here with you and am singing the praises of Jesus. You know? But somehow I've seen the value of Christ in this uh, profound way, and I know God through this one. Um, I've been invited into a relationship with God through this one, this risen one. Um, a great mystery. Now, if you were watching the news, you would have seen that uh, the, the cathedral in Notre Dame burned down. Did you see that? Not burned down. The roof burned. Um, thanks be to God, it's still um, a lot of it standing. Um, an incredibly beautiful place. I don't know if you've been there, but if you have, you'll know, like many have, uh, almost a thousand years of pilgrims enter into this place and you get goosebumps immediately. You get the shivers. Um, I don't care if you know God, you don't know God, you care, you don't care, you get the shivers because you know that this place is sacred. Somehow the prayers and the faith of so many Christians for so long has permeated the walls of this place, made it a sacred place, a place that's different. Just, you can feel the difference, that God is there, that somebody who, who built that, who's prayed there, who's been there, countless people uh, know God. 
These people know God, and everybody's searching for God. So we've had pilgrims have gone to Notre Dame for a long, long time seeking God. God, this great mystery, who's not simple. If you think God is simple, then you're maybe simple-minded. <laughs> uh, not simple. It's very complex, but God is something that every human heart longs for, yearns for, wrestles with. Um, and that place was a place where they could come and experience, draw close to God. Jesus had told us and taught us that we are becoming uh, living stones filled with the Holy Spirit, built into a temple for God. That somehow our lives uh, build up the sacred place. And when someone encounters our lives, our communal life, um, sometimes us individually, they can have that powerful experience with God. And we can't explain it. Uh, it's just built into the mystery of the church that Jesus has given us, the sacraments that Jesus has given us, the many graces that God is working in our lives and in our hearts. Uh, there's access to God through Jesus Christ. There's an encounter that everybody longs for. Um, something had changed with Jesus, and that's what we, that's what we recognize today, that the, rex the resurrection breaks down some sort of barrier, that human beings live in, with, with some, some sort of barrier between us and the divine. We know we're made for this. We know we long for this. There's something out there. There's something transcendent. There's something more that we want to know, that we want to relate to. But there's something um, inaccessible about that heaven. And the message of Jesus is that heaven has come to us. We couldn't get there, and heaven has come to us. Um, it's a whole revolution of thought, of understanding, of of life that Jesus presented to people. Jesus' message was that, that you and your life uh, does not have to be enslaved to sin and darkness, difficulties and um, uh, limitations. That he has conquered sin and that he provides for us new life, eternal life. This is Jesus' message, that it's possible not to live in our own selfishness, feeling sorry for ourselves all the time, taking care of ourselves all the time, that we can live in perfect joy, only desiring to serve God and to serve other people. Love God and love your neighbor. Imagine, imagine that life. Well, you wake up in the morning and you say, I don't want to do anything except love people and love God, and I know that this day, this day, like all the rest, is filled with perfect joy. Yeah, that sounds nice, no? That's a good message. Thank you, Jesus, for talking about that. <laughs> uh, Jesus has another message for the world. He says that the world is becoming a paradise. The kingdom of God has come. Jesus says, I have conquered the world, and uh, the future belongs to Jesus, that it, it, it is moving toward paradise. That in spite of all of the war and the chaos, the struggles, the disparity between people, um, 
The momentum of history that seems so difficult to change, things are difficult to change. Jesus says, I will show you the future, and the future is paradise. It's a garden full of um, peace, of uh, fragrance, of joy, a place of harmony between people. Um, That's a beautiful thought, isn't it? Nice message. Thank you, Jesus. The resurrection, though, is where something changes. I'm, I'm, I like it. I'm kind of a nerd. I, uh, if, you don't, if you belong to this parish, um, you know that already. <laughs> if you belong to my family, you know that well. Uh, if you have never been here, well, welcome. Um, if you are reluctant and frustrated because your family dragged you here again, uh, maybe look forward to the Easter candies and the Easter egg hunt or the ham or whatever. Um, the, and being with your family. It's a beautiful thing. Um, something changes with, with the resurrection. And I liken it to this um, Copernican revolution. Do you know about the Copernican revolution? There was this Polish priest called Nicholas Copernicus. And he had this theory that um, the world, that the, 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 the Earth revolves around the sun rather than the sun revolving around the earth, like people used to think, or the majority used to think. I mean, there were some theories before that, but Copernicus came up with this math that kind of proved this theory, and people said, no, that doesn't make much sense. I look over there, uh, no, where's the mountains? I look over there. And the sun comes up over there, and then it goes over our heads, and then it goes over there across the mountains. So that, you know, my, my experience tells me something different than what you're saying. And he says, no, 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 this is really the best way to look at the world. And if we look at the world differently, things will change. And they did. You know, the world became convinced of Copernicus's theory, and everything changed. Everything changed in science. Physics had to change, cosmology changed, people, the way people looked at themselves changed, and, uh, and there was a great progress in human thought and human interaction. We live in a different world now than we did before that. Um, it, was a, it was just one of those monumental shifts. Um, here's the monumental shift that happens in the resurrection, okay? We're all looking for God. They, there's an intuition in us that wants to know God. And we say there's something real about God. If you talk to most people, they'll say, well, I believe that something's out there, right? Um, it makes sense. It makes sense to our own experience. It makes sense to our intuition. But then some people stop there and say, well, I don't know what that is, and I don't want to decide. I don't want to, to make a decision about exactly what that looks like, that God thing. Um, And Jesus comes along and he says, I'll tell you. And some of us get taken by that message. See, somehow this guy knows better than the rest of us. I love that message. Love that message. I want to follow that message. I respect this guy. That's a good step. But the the real revolution happens with the resurrection. Because the resurrection is no longer um, Jesus just giving a message. The resurrection is proof that what Jesus taught is absolutely true. It's real. Jesus comes back from the dead. Nobody comes back from the dead. 
I don't know if you've experienced that, but that's the case. Um, Jesus taught this message, was killed um, for his message, for his life, and whatever it is on that other side brought him back from the dead and sent him back. Um, suggesting that whatever it is on that other side is probably what Jesus was talking about. A loving father who wants us to live, who can make us anew, who has this hope for life for you, a different kind of life, and um, who has this plan for the world that's moving to perfection. It's proof, and it, it changes things. It changes things from this, uh, this place in, in worldly thought, when we're thinking like the world that says, I like the Christian message. It's nice, but it's wishful thinking. Um, I wish that it were true. There's a lot of people like that, no? I wish that it were true. You might find yourself in that position. I think most of us do, probably most of the time. Uh, and that's okay. Uh, Jesus comes and he calls people to himself and he says, uh, God is love, come follow me, come help with my mission. I want to announce to the world who God is. Um, if you know Jesus, you know that if, when people walk away and they say, okay, uh, that's good, but I'm living my life. Um, that Jesus reveals to us a God who loves those people, loves them. Doesn't stop loving them if they say no to his call. Um, you don't have to follow Jesus to be loved by God. God so loved the world that he sent his son for those who believe. Paul says, in spite of our sin, that is our confusion, our doubt, um, God saved us. You know? There's something beautiful um, and that, that invites us from Jesus but doesn't demand anything. He loves our freedom. He respects our freedom. And he preaches a father that who loves and is father to us all. Um, yeah. But he invites us, and he invites us to share his mission. A bunch of people follow Jesus. Um, when he comes into Jerusalem, there's huge crowds that are saying, Jesus, we love you. We love your message. We hope in you. And then they all go away when it gets hard. And uh, there's a little group that's left Jesus had walked with. And they're probably the silly ones who didn't get it. <laughs> uh, Jesus had failed. His mission fails. Uh, people look at Jesus and they say, okay, I want, I, they look at God and they say, uh, you, can, you can fulfill all my desires. You can make me successful in the ways that I want me to be successful. You can fix my life in all the ways that, you, uh, that, that I want it to be fixed. You can uh, work your magic on the world. Uh, but as soon as I start to doubt that, as soon as I see I have, I have reason, suffering, um, frustration, disappointments, um, I, have to, I have to abandon you because you're not doing what I want you to do. A lot of us find ourselves in that position, and that's okay. Jesus will call you back because he loves you and he saves us. Jesus keeps this little group, but 
even that little group, did you listen to the, to the gospel today? Even that little group doesn't believe. Jesus had said, I'm going to die, they're going to kill me, and then I'm going to rise from the dead. And we're told that the apostles themselves, even the one who loves Jesus the most, John, um, the beloved uh, disciple, the beloved apostle, he doesn't believe. Um, they didn't understand the scripture, it says. They came to believe. That's beautiful. Um, and then the Lord taught them and helped them to understand. Um, they took this sort of commitment of belief. But it was proof. Jesus appeared to them. Jesus gave them proof in an empty tomb. Jesus gave them proof of his presence, and then they believed. And then they grew in their understanding of Jesus. Uh, it's, it, it's a shift from, this would be nice, to a real experience with God. Jesus wants to offer you a real experience of himself. To the point where, like Peter, you go from, I'm not sure, I wish this was true, to there's nothing more true than this for me. I, don't, I can't explain that perfectly. I'm coming to understand it. I don't even understand it perfectly. But in the first reading, we hear that he proclaims to Cornelius, someone who's looking for God, he says, I found him, I know him. And I'll tell you about Jesus. Huh? Yeah, with that conviction. That's what the resurrection does. The resurrection tells us, announces to us today that Jesus will be a real part of your life, a real presence in your life, as real as anyone else, as real as anything else, so that you'll grow in your conviction. If you haven't turned the corner uh, from this would be nice, thank you Jesus for your message, but I don't really know you, um, be ready. Because the resurrection says that Jesus is going to be a part of your life. Go to the empty tomb. Search out, the, search out God. Search for God, and he'll come and find you. Cornelius didn't know this message, and an angel just came to him and said, Hey, I'll, I'll direct you in the right way. There's something about trust. If you don't know God at all, um, seek God, and you'll find Jesus. Most of you, though... Uh, you have had an experience of Jesus. And you might find yourself in the middle. You might find yourself in this place where you say, I've, I've seen what you can do. I believe in you. I want to believe more. Um, ask the Lord, invite the Lord to give you proof this year. This Easter season, we're about to start a 50-day season of Easter celebration. You say, Jesus, I want you to make yourself apparent in my life. You appear in my life. Show yourself to me. But you can't expect immediately to understand everything. You don't have to. You need this encounter with Jesus. Or you might find yourself on that side where you say, I know Jesus. I've been friends with Jesus for a long time. And then you say, do great things with my life. Well, he can do great things with your life. He can transform our lives in this little humble place um, into lives where people encounter God, where people draw close to us, and for some reason they, they can't really explain, they say, I know that God is here. 
Um, they may or may not ask about it, like Cornelius. They might be like the pilgrims who are, uh, who are coming to Notre Dame and just happy to encounter something different. Um, but that, that transformation is real. I invite you to, 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 to ponder that transformation, to invite that transformation, to invite the presence of God and say, Jesus, I want to glorify you with everything. This year, I want you to reign in, in my life. I want you to be everything. I want, I want to dedicate my life to loving you and loving other people. Um, I don't know exactly what that looks like for you, but start making plans. Get ambitious. I got all these friends who like to um, have these life goals of climbing all the 14ers in, the, uh, in Colorado. 54, no? Uh, set, set some goals for yourself. Say, as a Christian, I want to do something great. That's how Notre Dame came to be, when people said, I want to do something great for God. I don't know what it's going to look like exactly, but I want to lay some stones. I want to do something. Um, and then ask, and God will tell you. He'll invite you. You know, He might say, teach your kids how to love the poor this year. He might say, um, I want you to go to Mass every, every Sunday. Um, I want you to pray more. I want you to pray less. I want you to love this person. I want you to forgive this person. Well, do something great for God in 2019. I'm very happy that we're nearing the end of this construction project because we've done something great together for God. We're providing a house of prayer for God, uh, for ourselves, but really for the world, for the future. We've built some sort of monument that says, in our time, Jesus is appreciated. We love him. Our generation is a generation who loves Jesus. Um, and we wanted to show it. That's a beautiful thing. Our lives are very short. Your, your life is very short. Our lives as a generation is very short. I'm a, I'm a historian, and I know that there's been hundreds of thousands of years of human history, and I suspect that there will be hundreds of thousands of years more. Um, this is a baby phenomenon. It's just something that's starting. But we're at the beginning of something that we can say, um, this is what's important. This is where the future should go. The future should belong to Jesus. And if it does, then it'll look like this paradise. It goes toward Christ. Um, so be filled today with the joy of Christ. Um, when I say do something great for Jesus, uh, I know that Catholics have a reputation among Christians of being people who have to like do stuff to earn your salvation or whatever. We're accused of that. I don't believe that. Uh, most Catholics don't believe that. Um, the church doesn't teach that. All we say is if you love somebody, you want to do something great for them. And you'll be inspired to do great things for them. And you love Jesus. That's the point of our religion is that we grow in love and friendship with this Jesus and then come to know ourselves as children of God. And the world is transformed and our hearts are transformed. Um, but I think it's important for us to be ambitious, to want something, to have a goal. You know, Lord, work on this during this Easter for me. Help purify this piece of my heart. Teach me where I doubt. Um, give me generosity where I 
can be stingy with my, with my love for you or for other people. Um, break open our hearts. There's a whole treasury of grace that the Lord is providing for us um, during Easter. Um, there's a wealth that we don't have of ourselves. You know, if you need more faith, just ask for more faith. If you need more hope, you need more love, ask for it and you will receive it this Easter. Uh, if you don't know Jesus, just ask. Um, you'll come to know Jesus. You'll be captivated. So as I tell you, it's dangerous to ask, um, but it's beautiful. Your life risen with Jesus. Now, I just want to end with this, though. A little warning that even though we set our sights high, we want to do great things for Jesus. We expect to see great things in Easter. We expect to encounter Jesus. We expect our lives to change. We expect our world to change. Uh, we hope for these things. Um, we also know that our lives are hidden with, with God in Christ. That there's something of a death that we don't always get to see success. We don't always get to see the fruits of our Christian life. Um, we don't really need to, but things are hidden with God in Christ. And every little thing we do, every little, every, every little act of love for God and for others is counted up in heaven bears fruit in heaven. So even if you don't see the, the, the paradise growing around you, um, you have to trust that it is. You have to hope that it is. That Jesus is alive because he promised that. Uh, and that he's proven his presence in the world. That he doesn't promise things that are just wishful thoughts. He doesn't promise things uh, that are fake. He's not trying to convince us of something or sell us something. Um, he's real, and he's really present in our lives, but he's mysterious. Let us celebrate that mystery. Let's continue to celebrate that mystery. Um, we thank the Lord for all of the graces that we've received this year, for all of the ways that he's been glorified in our lives, for all of the great things he's inspired in us, uh, the big things and the little things, and we offer our lives to the Lord again, um, that we can live with him in his resurrection, that we can share his joy and that we can be light to the world, that we can testify. This one is the truth. This one is risen. This one is love. And this one is the future. Um, our lives become the presence of God mysteriously, but for the glory of God. Uh, that's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing that you've been invited to and that I've been invited to. It's humbling, um, but it's a great privilege. Uh, we thank the Lord for that with this mass.